let your heart be your compass and then, you know, speak your truth and base your choices around your truth, but then be ready to drop your truth if another truth resonates with you more. You feel uncomfortable. You don't want to cry in front of all your friends and all your family because you feel vulnerable, but you do it anyway. And I think you do that about a hundred times. And then once you do that and you begin to just drop into that vulnerability, you realize that your vulnerabilities are actually your strengths. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hey guys, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. It is an absolute honor and a treat to bring to you two very special guests. My first recording actually was two people present and it happens to be two extraordinary souls, Callum Krause and Jake Stone. Now, some of you may be familiar with Jake. He was a world uh, renowned and world champion body boarder. He was a phenomenal young athlete. And also Callan, who has his own remarkable story, where both of these young men in their late 20s, early 30s really do dive deep into the topic of self-love. I cannot begin to tell you how inspiring this podcast is. It is one that you will not want to be interrupted with or that you will want to miss. And it's probably one that if you're a woman that listens to this podcast regularly, might be one that you'd really love to share and listen to with your partner or with the men that you love in your life. What I love about Jake and Callan is their real desire for deep inquiry and the fact that they have both been through a heck of a lot in their young lives and how they've gone after being curious and gone after the inquiry of what it is that makes them tick. You know, Callan openly talks about being in prison at 21 years of age. Jake talks openly about his broken back and what they've both done to overcome the odds and come out the other side, two incredible human beings. Probably my favorite part in the podcast, actually the whole way through, but one of my favorite parts is when they talk about working from a platform of the four doctors, the doctor of diet, quiet, movement, and happiness. You guys are going to love this. And I also really, really loved when I asked them both to talk to men older than themselves So men that maybe are married, kids, mortgage in the sort of, you know, the monotony of life and what would their advice to them be? And then I also got them to turn it around and give their advice to those younger men and women, of course, coming through their teens and into their 20s. It's a really cool podcast. I could not be more humbled and honored to interview these two special souls. And I love the fact that they're fully qualified amazing Czech professionals. Callum describes himself as an integrated movement science and holistic life coach. He's also right into Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a coach and he's an MMA fighter and you will hear his grittiness, his determination. Jake, as I mentioned, was definitely a bodyboarder, a world champion at that. He's a holistic health practitioner and also a Czech practitioner and a real lover of life from the Sunshine Coast. Really, truly cannot recommend this enough. Look forward to hearing your responses, your insights, your feedback on this remarkable podcast. Please don't forget to go to iTunes and give this a five-star rating if you've enjoyed it. You have no idea, not only how much it means to me as your host, 
but it also makes it easier for those who you think could do with a real good dose of self-love, reminding, or perhaps even a deeper inquiry into how to do it better. I'm also really, truly grateful and always look at all your comments on all platforms, but don't forget to go to thewellnesscouch.com for all your comments and feedback uh, to the self-love podcast page and also to the Facebook page, which is under my Kim Morrison training Com. That's the Facebook page there. And of course, my favorite Instagram, Kim Morrison 28 We have some really exciting things coming this year. And I'm really super pumped to not only uh, be diving right into the self-love and wellness mentorship program that we are well into um, starting at this beginning of the year, a new year. And also, I'm really excited. I'm working very hard right this moment to look at my Elevation Coaching Program. So stay tuned, guys. There's a whole lot of more amazing things to come. And I know a lot of you have been messaging me about having a retreat, and I'm still working on that one too, um, hoping to goodness that we can have a beautiful retreat here in Australia. All right, team, buckle in. Look forward to hearing your comments, as I said, as we listen to the amazing Callan Crows and Jake Stein. So as you can tell from my intro, one of my favorite things to do is to interview people that I absolutely adore, respect, and certainly get inspired by. And these two, as you can hear, are incredible souls. I'd just love to welcome you both to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Jake Stone and Callan Krauss. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's oh, so cool. Look, you know, for people that don't know a lot about you, you know, I'm inspired by the work that you do. I'm also inspired by your connection and how many people you help through the work that you do in what I would call a very holistic manner. Maybe we can start with you, Jay, if you could give us a background as to what led you to here. And then, Callan, if you can take over just to give everybody an update as to who you are and what you guys get up to. Oh, well, I was a professional bodyboarder um, from about 16 years onwards and um, through that I got a really bad back injury um, in Hawaii one year when I was about 19 and I, um, I started going to osteos, chiros, physios and stuff like that and um, no one could help me. So it kind of led me on a path of really trying to find what was happening. So I, um, I met a guy in Hawaii called Mike Stewart and he got me onto a Czech practitioner in Sydney. So I hadn't heard too much about it. I knew of them because a friend was into it, but I didn't really believe in it yet. Um, so I was feeling pretty help, uh, helpless. And then um, I met a guy called Donald Carr in Sydney. And long story short, he got me out of pain in about two and a half weeks. And then I was like, well, where do, where do I go from here? So I got even stronger and stronger and stronger. And in a year I was um, like competing at the highest level I ever had and just felt so much happier. And started what started as a physical thing actually turned more into a men- mental emotional thing. So I was like, wow. So it really, it kind of just took me and my and my heart guided me down like more of a metaphysical route. Mm. I love it. I love it. And I really <laughs> enjoy the fact that often, you know, through struggle or through some sort of own our own challenge, we end up navigating ourselves down a path that can sometimes be treacherous. But at the end of the day, with hindsight, we can often look back and go, thank goodness that happened. It's led me to where I am. Definitely, yeah, it all fell into place. <laughs> and what about you, Gorgeous Callan? Um, well, actually, I was at, at jiu-jitsu and then Jake came in. We, we do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And um, Jake came in one day. I didn't know him. I knew of him because back when we were, like, in school, you know, 
he was one of the best bodyboarders in the world. So it was like people knew he was a, he was a good bodyboarder, right? But um, I met him and then he actually, I think we had each other on Facebook, maybe chatted. He was in, he was in WA, maybe chatted over the next like six months or so. And then he came back and he, he actually shared a video on Facebook and it was this one share on Facebook. Isn't that amazing? First of all, like it changed my whole uh, projection because he shared a video. And it was Paul Check talking about um, meat, dairy, grains, and and coffee. And then the way he explained it, because I'm, I'm very much like that that logical masculine side, and especially at that time, so I needed logic. And the way he explained it was so logical. It wasn't like this, this, and this. It was like, oh, yeah, when I like when I break down flesh, I eat flesh. Like when I when I break down tissue, you know, I, I crave it, so I eat it. When I when I travel, I'll go vegan for the day, or or you know, I, I just listen to my body, and then broke down the mechanics of coffee, and it all made sense to me. And then Jake come back to jujitsu about whatever six months later, and then said, "Oh, do you have you heard of Paul Check?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, like you shared you shared one of his videos," and I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube, just like learning, right? And then um, so. By the way, his, his back injury was really bad. So, like, because now we're in the industry, it's like it's, you don't really see it that often, his grade. So he had – they all recommended spinal fusion too. You know what I mean? And he was – he was 19. Yeah. So, like, it's crazy they were going to fuse his spine at 19. And whenever you fuse the spine, it becomes hypermobile or bubble below it. So it's not really the answer most of the time. Mm. Um, so he sort of, like, downplayed it a bit, but it was a really bad injury that was there for a couple of years. And – if he went the first recommendation and didn't listen to his heart, you know, he'd, he'd be, um, his back would be cooked right now, you know? Mm. But, um, but yeah, and then he, he told me about it and then I just went down a rabbit hole and I was, I was scaffolding at the time and I had no, like I knew, I felt like I was meant to do something else, but I, I didn't know what. And I was, I didn't even realize that the answer was in front of me the whole time because I wanted to be a check practitioner because I love nutrition. Like I, my first job was at Woolworths and every vegetable that would come in, I'd Google the health benefits of this vegetable, like broccoli, <laughs> all this stuff, right? And then I loved uh, like the physio side of things and I loved the strength and conditioning side of things. And I love, I was aware of the mental emotional, but I didn't have a, um, I didn't have a, and, and the spiritual side of things, but I didn't have a connection to it. I had no path because it's not very common especially like as a as a teenage male you know and um and that's the main thing i think i got out of it was when i met jake he sort of introduced me to this world of like-minded people and it's funny you like talking to you now like helen and like you just meet all these people that are sort of on the same path and it just opens you up and then it that's where, where the sort of true happiness lies for me it showed me that magic was real basically it was like <laughs> oh yeah sweet like it's not all just like there's the sun, there's the moon, you know, all the science behind it. It's now I look up at the moon, it's like, wow, like, there's the moon. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, and then, I, and then I got, um, I heard a podcast with Paul and, and one of these, these quotes that really changed my whole life was he said, um, look with your eyes and ears but let your heart be your compass. And then when I heard that, I instantly knew, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I went to the mines, paid for my studies, came back, paid for more and then and did it and it felt really easy didn't didn't like study wasn't hard for me it was enjoyable so i knew i was on the right path mm. and um and now it's yeah it's paid off now but that's how sort of i got into it mm. from him do you, do you mind me asking how old you are Callan? 
I'm 28. You're 28. And Jake? 31. 31. So young men on this pathway, we all know that, you know, the teens and the 20s can be a treacherous path for many, you know, as you're trying to find who you are and the masculinity. And you've mentioned a little bit in there that, you know, when we don't know or when we aren't aware of the spiritual path or the mental emotional aspect even, how do you both feel now in your as you're approaching 30, Callan, and you're in your 30s, Jake? How do you both now feel the importance of the spiritual, mental, emotional side as much as the physical? What do you think now, Callum? Um, I think, Jay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I think that it comes naturally. I think that everything's perfect and it comes naturally to those who seek it. Um, I would say it's people like older masculine people that I look up to that guide you on that path. See, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for Paul because it was very taboo and in school I was shunned for even talking like that. So if I was like, oh, I remember writing a post on Facebook and saying everybody hurts sometimes and this was when I was like 20 years old and I got so many comments of people going, what are you, faggot, like gay, you know, like all this stuff and that was my first experience into wanting to open my heart and people not accepting that. So that was really, really hard for me. So like, when I went to HLC too and I did it with Paul, he said um, he just he was like talking about his wife and he started crying in front of like like 30 people and then he was like, okay, and then just went on to something else and I was like, are you serious? Like this guy just cried in front of everyone and then just went on like it was nothing and I was like, maybe, maybe as a man it's okay to cry and that was the beginning of me healing a lot of stuff that I had going on, like I had really bad depression, anxiety um, and things like that because I wasn't confronting so my mum died when I was 18 um, from cancer and I wasn't confronting that at the funeral I was looking down at the ground looking at waves and things like that so I blocked it out but as we know it, it will store in the body as information and it will come out as a, as a sickness or a disease so for me it came out at, uh, with anxiety depression panic disorder and things like that and I was like oh my god panic disorder and of course the medical industry wanted to symptomize it and then um, what I later realised is I just needed a massive cry and I needed to talk. I needed to let my feminine side out. Paul said to me, he was like, you're too, too trying to be too masculine. You're not masculine, you're feminine. And years later I got that and I was like, wow, I need to integrate my feminine. I actually need to cry and I need to be like, a, yeah, like I need to really drop into that feminine energy. And I did and it was good. <laughs> was it, one, it was one moment too? Was it like a, like, was it like a shift with, with Jan that one time or was it sort of like? It was a bunch of shifts, yeah. So there was a bunch of shifts. I think it was like you, you feel uncomfortable. You don't want to cry in front of all your friends and all your family because you feel vulnerable, but you do it anyway. And I think you do that about 100 times. And then once you, once you do that and you begin to just drop into that vulnerability, you realise that your vulnerabilities are actually your strengths. And you can do that and, and really empower yourself to, to help other people. And I think I think it was the universe was smart. It, well, I don't even know if it was God, which I think is the universe, was smart. It was guiding me on this way, other way. It wasn't guiding me towards a, a masculine, built more muscle type of way. That was what drawed me in. And then it went mental, emotional. And I started to um, soften right up. And now I'm really passionate about helping other people with anxiety, depression, panic disorder, and people that have been through heavy trauma in their life. So. Nice. And what about you, Callum? Yeah, How well, important is that mental, emotional, spiritual side? Well, it's it's actually it was the biggest calling to me 
this year for so January first, we our New Year's res, whatever was a was a gong. So hundred days of of qi gong or or meditation for twenty minutes a day, and if you miss a day, you start again. So what's the date today? We're at day twenty something. I oh, know February first. So you know what I mean? day yeah. thirty two. <laughs> day day thirty two. So, but for me, I need like a challenge. If I just said like um, I want to meditate more, I wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? So it's like. I needed a hundred day challenge for me to actually do it. Cause I like these little challenges and like, you know what I mean? Like that's what I need. Um, but it's, it's, I'm really drilling it into my clients at the moment, especially like, so I have a lot of female, most of my clients are probably female. And this is the sort of stuff, like if they're same as males, if they're not open to it, they, um they don't even know if there's no like pathway for them. So for me personally, it's, like to put in perspective, right? We did a meditation the other day, and there's this house I want, and it's that in Kiwana, La Bolsa. It's like the beach is on this side, the the lakes on that side. It's like you know a few million dollars, but it's like uh, I, 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 my intention was set on that house every day, and then I was doing a, a gong out in the yard here. I heard a plover fly by, and I was thinking. And I used to think because I couldn't tap out with my mind that I wasn't meditating, but now I've realized, oh, I can just watch my thoughts and that's a form. And then some days I do tap out, but a plover flew by and in my head I'm, I'm doing my, my Tai Chi circles, my Qigong circles, and I was like, I wonder where that plover's from. And I was like, it probably used to be near that that uh, big block of land that got developed near, near our house. And then I was thinking, I wonder how that land being developed affected the microbiome in the, the area. And then I was thinking... God, I don't have a compost bin where I live now. Like I've got to get a compost bin, but we're at a rental, so we can't really have one here. It's they, you know, they wouldn't really allow it. So we got to dig a hole in the ground. And then I was thinking, this house I want doesn't even have a garden for a compost bin. It's got a huge staircase and a and a and a cinema room and all this all this shit. <laughs> but it doesn't even have a garden, so it's not in line with my core values. So I don't want it anymore. Which is amazing. That one meditation changed where my intention was going, and now I don't even think about that house. Now it's like now I'm not set. Now it's a, it's a possibility of anything, and that excites me a little bit more than than um, where my intention would have went. And and if I didn't do that, maybe one day I would have moved into that house, and I would have realized, and I'd be like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> like from that one. So that's how important it is for me, like uh, personally. And I'm so excited to see what else pops up. You know, because so many yeah. things I have so far. I think the, I think the thing that I love about you both is once you start opening up into this position of inquiry you actually get really curious and that's something that you're both showing me that you have a real curious mindset that nothing is set in gold nothing is actually what someone says and with that curiosity do you think that's inbred or do you guys think that we can awaken to the curiosity and the inquiry of life and that this is something that can unfold or do you think some people just will never get it I think that we all need someone to look up to and I think that all we can do is control our inner environment. So if we control our inner environment, we then share to, you know, like Jordan Peterson says, you might help 10 people, but then they'll help 10 people. So your your uh, spider web just goes wide. And I think that's, that's pretty much the key. If you change yourself, you can change a lot of other people. Yeah, um, the, the people you hang out with because – so my, it's it's so funny. My mum's um, very, my mum's more of the masculine energy, right? And my dad's more of the feminine. So my mum's very linear. This is the way. 
you know, <laughs> organized. Dad's very like, oh, wow, like looking into the astrology of the stars and telling, pointing it all out my whole life and seeing that there and there and curious. So I, I did get a, t- uh, a taste from him and, and that's what we sort of say. Like you notice for the people that are depressed, they're generally they're the ones that aren't very like they've lost the magic of life and they look at everything like it's like set in stone, like it's scientific sort of. And if you can define, put a word on it, then it is. So you, you catch that in people where almost where they're too smart and then you see, oh, they've, they've um, you're going to see they're not, they're not curious everything and they don't want to show themselves. Um, so that was, I believe if you, if you start hanging out with someone, like when I met Jake and this whole other, you know, group of people, then it rubs off on you like anything. And, and you'll start sort of, if they're happy, you know, you can be happy too. Yeah. Do you think, do you think like with like people's paths, do you reckon it's set in stone? Do you think that, you know, maybe their incarnation for this life is like, is set already and it's all just perfect and some people are going to go that way and some people are going to go this way? Like, I don't know. That's, that's the big question, eh? It's like, I don't know. I think we're guided in this incarnation. Some people are on level two, some people are on level 800, you know? So I really don't know. I heard a beautiful speaker years ago say um, that the day that you are going to leave this earth in this form is already set in motion. Mm. But every part of our life is a choice. And at 13, you might have two doors. He called them two doors of opportunity. So you might choose to go to that high school or that high school if you were given the choice. Let's say you chose high school number two. You get to high school number two and all of a sudden you've gone from playing football now to union or something. Now you've chosen union, which has put you in another whole set of worlds and ideals. Then at 20, you get an opportunity to go and play in France or you get an opportunity to stay playing maybe at an Australian level. You chose France, which never let you the opportunity. But there was another door at that age and you'd fallen in love. Were you going to leave France? Were you going to stay in love or were you going to do and he calls them doors of opportunities. And sometimes we might have two doors in front of us and sometimes we may have 10 doors. The interesting way he described this is it doesn't matter which door. Well, it matters, obviously, in the life that you're living, which door you take. But either way, you end up at the end. So whether you die in a car accident, an illness, a um, tragedy or whatever it is, that day has your name on it, depending on the doors of opportunity that you chose. And then he finished by saying, now the fascinating thing is, have you ever questioned those unlived lives, the lives that you didn't take and what's happening? And then he even put it out to us that maybe there's a parallel universe happening, which is why all of a sudden people come into your life and you feel very familiar with it and it feels really comfortable. And I don't know, it gave me comfort in that. I have no idea either. But when it comes to trying to understand why a two-year-old dies of leukemia, and a 90-year-old who's drunk and smoke all their lives, that kind of gave me an insight into giving it an imperfect perfection. Mm. So in that realm, when you guys sit there and you think about all the different people and you've touched on it, the idea of mentors or the idea of people that you look up to or have influence on you, how have you both navigated and do you think it is an ongoing evolution that when you go down one rabbit hole, it opens up more rabbit holes and therefore more and more people. Therefore, your tribe does influence you. And do you guys feel like you have an influence on that tribe based on your beliefs and perceptions, even if you don't agree with everything that's in front of you? 
how do you navigate that with your flirtation of what you agree with and don't agree with? Yeah, I think you've got to, yeah, you've got to really, you know, speak your truth because if you don't speak your truth, you're not living true to yourself. And um, like Callan said, you let thy heart be the compass. So if you can't, if you can't speak your truth, then I don't think you're going to open, you're going to choose the right path. So going back to what you were saying before about choosing the path, I think we need to choose in line with not our head, more in line with our heart. And once we learn how to do that, you can really drop into it and you create some real magic here. Yeah, um, exactly came to my mind that, like, let your heart be a compass. And then, like, as, like, Gabor Matei says, like, you know, speak your truth and and base your, your choices around your truth, but then be ready to drop your truth if another truth resonates with you more. So it's like, which I've sort of happened, you know, like I, I listen to my mentors and that, but I really try not to pedestal them and, and it's hard, right? But I don't take everything they say, you know what I mean? I'll take some of it and I'll leave some. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. I need my, you know, I can't resonate with that, but I'll take that. And some people will hear someone say something and throw out everything else they have to say. So it's, and that's a trap. You know, because you can learn something from anyone. So it's like, so this is when I was um, 21, I went to prison for drugs and seven months. And that's when sort of my, my masculine energy got almost solidified because I had to in there a little bit, like I couldn't really show weakness. And, I, and this is where we'll get into the, the, the body posture connection. But I, when I was in there, I was talking to 18 year olds that, we're full crims, you know what I mean? And they're going to be in there for the rest of their life. But when they're talking to me, I was like, whoa, like these guys know some shit, more so about human uh, behavior and how, you know, they're always uh, got to survive basically. So they, they get to read the room well and get to read what this person's thinking. And I remember I was speaking to a guy who, he, um, yeah, high level drug dealer and constantly like there was deaths always around him, right? And he, um, he goes, I would be in a room and I'd hear a voice saying, this guy's like trying to do your own, like trying to backstab you and that. And he goes, and in the end I was right. But they become so aware of the people around them and, and the way they're, uh, they're behaving that even they could teach me something. You know, these kids could teach me something. And then when I was scaffolding, I was around 50-year-old men that were like little kids, you know, literally, literally playing pokies on their phone and it wasn't even real money. Just so tap on, tap on a button. And I was like, what the fuck is this, you know? And that was when my inner soul was calling out, like, you got to you gotta do something else because it's not um, resonating with you anymore. But, Spot on. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, you'd see people's, like, and back to, like, when we assess people's, like, posture in that. When someone comes in all kyphotic, like, rounded shoulders, that's a, that's a sign of fear and, and hiding their heart. And you can do all the postural correction you want, but really they're going to go back into that. And that's the same thing when someone would walk into a unit in prison, if they were standing like that, they looked like food, you know? <laughs> so, like, I was conscious of this back then when I wasn't even in the industry to, like, stand up with shoulders back, like Jordan Peterson said, like, mm. shoulders back, stand tall because other – and it was all fake sort of, you know what I mean? I was, I was scared on the inside, but I had to not let them see that. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool. Mm. Yeah, and I and I take for, thank you for sharing that because I, you know, it's pretty hard to accept we have faults and we make mistakes and mm. 
I think one of the greatest things, and you've probably all seen The Hero's Journey or you might have watched that where we do go through life and we do actually come up against the dragons and the big monsters and the whole thing and then we get spat on, spat out, kicked butted and all these sorts of things. But the real magic, the juice of life is the comeback story, right, how we come out of these things and how we choose to platform ourselves to another level. I want to ask you both, how are are either of you parents? No. I'm, kind of, I'm a half doggy dad. I know you're a doggy dad. <laughs> and she's a very beautiful baby. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I've noticed in time is 35 to 55-year-old men lose their way a little. And I'm speaking very generalist, generally here. But they've got into, you know, they're married. They've got their one or two or three kids. They've got the mortgage. And it's almost like... They've got to a part in their life. Now, I may be saying something completely wrong here, but my observation is it's like their masculinity, their youth has been left behind, which we then tend to see someone buy a Harley or maybe have affairs or, or, you know, we move into different realms. If you could look up, and you've mentioned looking and watching the 50-year-old men, Callum, what would be your advice? to men entering into this next phase of our lives who may be feeling a little lost right now and they're listening to you two going, oh, yeah, but you don't have kids, you haven't lived a lot yet, you haven't got to wear your mortgages and all the pressures of life. With an open, curious, open-hearted, curious mind, what would you want to tell those guys so that they don't lose themselves in anxiety and depression and, and losing their masculinity or their youth or whatever? So, like especially if, if they're becoming like a the same thing I almost tell a mother, like if they're becoming a caregiver without giving care to themselves first. So, and you see that a lot happen with mums where all of a sudden their child is their life, you know, and there's nothing else that matters and they don't matter anymore, you know, to them. Um, but same with, with guys, like if, if, if you get stuck in the routine of going to work and in their head providing for their family, going to work, coming home, and then doing a rinse and repeat of that. And then, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're younger, you got, like, there's not as, as many responsibilities to so you got friends hanging out with. But just, like, a, a hobby or a sport or something like that, like, for me, personally, I love, like, jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. I, I see, I've seen that save so many people, right? And that's just them sort of stepping in their masculine energy, being competitive, but also bringing them back to the present moment for a second. Because that's when, when I'm sitting there rolling with someone on the ground, I can only hear their heartbeat, my heartbeat, their breath. They're trying to kill me. I'm trying to kill them. That then we shake hands, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you don't get hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. And, and I see it. You see it in the guys that do come through, especially like in their 40s and that, where they start it and then they're just there all the time. You know, they're there, they love it because it's like they can be competitive and, then, and it relies on the skill more than strength a bit so they can start you know, holding their own with like the 20 year olds and things like that. Mm. So as long as playing, just playing, making sure you play and not, not working all, all the time. Like now I only work four days a week now because I can make m- more money if I work five, but I'm like, it's so nice working Monday, Tuesday, having Wednesday off and working Thursday, Friday. And that's, I've set that in stone now. You know what I mean? So it's like, I couldn't yeah. imagine not doing that. And I've done the mines 12 hours days. I've done it all, you know? So it's like, yeah, live, live life more on your terms. Yeah. But I think for me personally, what I would say to them is like, you still, so we have the child, the warrior, and then the king. 
and usually we stay in the child. So just to touch on like going from the child and having kids and stuff, you're still in having a child thing, you need to be too scared to jump off the cliff and swim in the ocean. They could be, you know, working a job that you don't like, being with a partner you're not that into, but you're just doing it because that's what's happening. You know, making no decision is also making a decision. But what came to mind a lot was um, my dad. He was married to my mum and um, he wasn't in the relationship. He was just there and he ended up getting throat cancer at about 56. And um, because he wasn't speaking his truth, which is the throat chakra, he got lymphoma and he had to have an operation on his throat. But his truth was gone. He wasn't, he never wanted to, like my mum was sick. He wasn't sexually attracted to her anymore. And this is, this is nasty stuff. Like she was sick. You know, you've got to stick by your partner when she's sick and things like that. But my, the truth was my dad wasn't sexually, my dad has a sex, sex industry um, injury. So he wants to have sex with all these women. He's not getting his needs met. And he can't speak that. He can't speak that he's feeling unattracted to my wife without a colostomy, um, to his wife without a colostomy bag, things like that, you know. Speak your truth. It's like it can be hard, but the opposite of that is getting throat cancer or getting a disease in the body. So what I'd say to people in there in that age is like, you've got one life. Like go and speak your truth. Like if you're not happy in the relationship or you're not happy in your job, jump off the cliff and swim in the ocean. And that's what the universe wants you to do. It wants you to man up and be spiritually courageous. I love it. You know, I, I, I listen to you and I hear that. And then I, I sit here as a married woman of nearly 28 years and I watch my husband fall into a world of depression. Now, he played cricket for New Zealand. He was a top athlete for many years. He's now commentating. He travels the world. So sport and athleticism has been a big part of our life, as was nutrition and mindset and all of these things. And yet, when he lost his sister to suicide, there was an element of who the hell am I? And he wasn't at the, you know, he wasn't a top international sportsman anymore. And yet he's a good man. He's a beautiful man. But he still lost his way. And yet he has an amazing mum and an incredible team of people around him. So my other thing is then, if they're going to jump off into the ocean, um, because they're not sexually attracted anymore or there's a sense of I'm not living my truth, could there even be a deeper layer again, though, where actually why have I fallen out of love or out of sexual attraction? Like to me, marriage is, I'm a marriage celebrant, so I find it very interesting that marriage has levels and abilities where we can speak our truth so it doesn't become Groundhog Day or a bomb. Is is that what you're suggesting? That the conversation should happen way before I, you have. Hell yeah. 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 I'm not I don't I don't condone just like, all right, go fuck someone else. That's not yeah, I, think I hear that. Layers and layers and layers of communication. And that should happen early in the relationship where it's like, look, if I ever feel like that, let's talk it out. Because that's like what Paul Check says is like the real church is a relationship. And you're with the partner to, to grow together and learn and, and feel these feelings that you don't want to feel. And then once you feel them, you can work on them and you can communicate, even though they're so hard to communicate. Like, it's, it's massive and it's everything. I think communication, I don't think you should ever just throw something in the bin. I think it's something that needs to be worked on. And, every, and if you're blaming the person, you've lost already. It's all inside you. So you just need to explain what's going on inside you and most of the time you'd probably be really surprised at how they're feeling you'd be yes. like, and how supportive they are because they actually, like, true love is unconditional. So if they really love you, they're not going to punish you. 
they might punish you for a day, but they'll, they'll be truthful in the end. Yeah, it's hard to be mad when you, I mean, you might get mad, but it's hard when, you, when you're saying the truth like that. You know what I mean? Like if you say, this is the way I'm feeling, and, you know, she or he might get really mad, but it's like at least you didn't do it one in the back. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and yeah. it's like, and it's hard for them to be like, all right, well, that's, that's the truth. Everyone wants to know the truth, but it can be you got to respect. You've got to respect the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. I think I'd rather hear a painful truth than a loving lie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure, totally. Um, and I think, I think too, from that perspective, you know, the, the romance, the beginning, it's like we don't need these deep conversations as such, but it's a really cool platform to actually start a conversation. Um, and I'm always really aware when I'm marrying couples, when I sit there with them and all the, the fun and the romance is sitting there and I look at them with, with you know, a little chuckle in my heart, but I, I look at them and I'm like, you know, always make your conversation the, the power of connection because that, it's funny because Danny and I have this and yet he was so worried to tell me his truth because he didn't want to let me down. So that's a really fascinating analogy in itself because he really respected and loved me so much, but he didn't want to yeah, let me down. That's the masculine, hey. Right. He wants to, and yet, wants to make everything all right. <laughs> exactly. And so I really love, that's what I was coming back to, the fact that you're talking about the feminine, the heart, the openness. Why don't go the other way now? You guys are heading into your 30s, if not there already, Jake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you now say to the 18 to 25-year-olds? How do you live your life? Luck, knowing- <laughs> what did you say? Good luck. <laughs> True. No, no. Um, seek a good, yeah, like we actually had this question the other day and me and Callum were like, you know, seek a good, seek a good role model, find a king and, um, and, imi- and like imitate that. I, I think like, you know, finding someone you can aspire to be, whether that's an athlete, someone who's into love, someone that resonates with you. But then again, I don't know, like, you know, like, this Australian cursor rapper does drugs and all this stuff and kids look up to him. There's like these lads running around everywhere. So God, it's just, yeah. So like my sort of answer the other day was like start or more so like, cause so many kids and, and young girls in, in school and that like now anxiety is just through the roof and like PCOS and endo and all this sort of stuff. But um, I was saying like start with your food cause it started that. That's what really changed it all for me was when I started getting onto like changing my food, going organic and changing my water and, and, and just learning about this sort of stuff. Cause as soon as I changed my food, I noticed it rippled onto other things. And I was like, what can, what can I change next? So first of all, it changed my mind. So, you know, you, you can be anxious, but if you're having four coffees a day, you don't stand a chance. So it's like, if you, if you can switch up your food and, and a lot of these people are going to like sites trying to fix this problem when they're, they're way off the bat with their – we forget that we're a bunch of chemicals too, you know, and if you throw stuff into that, it's going to mess with it. So I have a friend who was suicidal, right, and he had a bad gut, but he, he was thinking it was like just his mind. He was going to see psychs and everything. Then he found this holistic doctor and he healed his gut pretty quick. And he goes, man, as soon as my gut got healed, all my depression went away. He goes, it, it, it all disappeared when I changed my food and just learned the basics, changed the water, stopped eating gluten for him, the dairy, like everything that was messing with his guts. He, he fixed that and his depression went away and he didn't even tie it in with the inner work. So imagine if you did both, you know, still got to do both. But, but I've, I believe in my, because um, the, the four doctor model we, we go by with clients and 
I may not always explain it to them, but I'm, when I'm looking through these eyes, I'm, I'm looking through the four doctor model when I'm looking at someone's life. So it's doctor diet, doctor quiet, doctor movement, and doctor happiness, which is basically just the four general pillars of health. And when I'm looking at someone, I'm thinking, all right, like, is this person happy or are they doing things that make them happy or are they doing too, like, are they doing too much that makes them happy and really they're not doing what they're meant to be doing to make their true happiness. So I can like, I can, you know, uh, play a little bit of PlayStation for like 10 minutes and it makes me feel a bit happy. If I'm doing it for three hours and deep down, I'm like, I've got shit to do, you know, um, doc, but then the diet, right. But, but when you fix the diet, it sort of resonates to all three of them. So it, it gives you the energy to do your movement and do your hobbies makes you feel happy like you, you if you if i eat mcdonald's I, it automatically you feel like shit and then you eat shitty food for the rest of the day because you already blew out the day um uh, doctor movement and, and doctor quiet like if you're getting you know five hours sleep a night again you don't stand a chance if you've got a symptom any symptom in your body if you've got neck even neck pain shoulder pain knee pain and you're getting five hours sleep a night four hours sleep a night instead of like you know seven to nine um you don't stand a chance and you wake up feeling not rested it, you wake up feeling angry and then you'll make choices based on that so if you can that's the way i'm looking at these lot at the people's lives and then i i sort of prioritize where's this person their worst and let's chip away at one thing at a time until you slowly start to reduce the physiological load and then you heal and that's the key to healing from anything yeah. is um reducing your physiological load what about like um like i look back to when i was when i was like 18 and i was like so lost and I was like, the only thing that really helped me was finding a big enough goal, like finding a big enough why to eat good and finding a big enough why to meditate or why to, to do anything was just like, I was so lost. And I was like, what do I want to do in life? But I had to figure out my one love, like what was my bigger picture? So I think like if you're at that age, you need to find what really lights you up and you've got to do that separate of money. You've got to find that like separate of like what, yeah, fine. What would you do if money were no object, as Alan Watts says? <laughs> yeah, so with that, for my my why was I was competitive and I was doing jiu-jitsu and martial arts. So I wanted to eat good to have to beat the beat people, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But when I word it to, like, say, young young girls, you just word it to the person how they want. So I might say to a young girl, like, she has acne. I'm like, oh, you know, if you do this, this, and this, that will it'll help that. And that's their why. Like, yes, I'll feel better about myself. To a, a guy, it might be like they play footy, like, man, you'll have more energy for this. You know, if you have your collagen and your bone broth and then make sure you get your sunlight, then some really, I know this person's semi-depressed and that sunlight affects their, their serotonin and vitamin D levels, right? But then I can say vitamin D is also the precursor to synthesized collagen. So then your your muscles will build bigger, you know, and then, the, and then you yeah. can calm people more. It's so individual. So it's like it's individual to yeah. the person. But mine, mine was motivated by fear. Like I didn't want to get cancer. So that's what led me down the the path of health yeah so that truly was a fear fear thing yeah so i don't yeah it's, it's so hard because everyone's so individual we're so complex so without assessing someone yeah i think generally speaking though it's a pretty um it's a challenging time of our life we're not really an adult but we're not a child anymore and yeah. and you're trying to separate from what your parents beliefs were to be an individual but you're also there's parts of that that you probably really respect and love and and it's just it really is a pathway and based on the choices that you make can create great outcomes and not so great outcomes. Yeah, what would great. you say then though? Because we all make out we all make decisions that aren't for our best outcome. 
And I want to link this back to, you know, your check work and everything. But we make decisions. Let's say it is a bad decision. Or we we have got a big goal to be a top football or netballer or something, and we get placed with an injury. My first question is, do you think the injuries and the the setbacks are... um, are definitely imperfectly perfect. They're meant to be there as a, as a thing for you. And my second question is, is struggle part of the joy in your opinions? Yes, I think so, definitely. And I've got a lot of experience with injuries. Like I snapped my leg really bad and compound fracture and shattered it in eight places. And um, it changed my whole life. But I was 26 and it was perfect. It was the greatest gift I'd ever been given because it's like, if you you know deep down what you're meant to be doing, I think every injury, and I know every injury is something that's guiding you and not on a better path. So if you can meditate and tap into where you're being guided by your heart, I don't think you have to have to be injured. Like as a sport player, you could, you know how hard that is. It's like you could be a professional rugby player, you break your leg, and they say you can't can't do it anymore, and that's like almost like suicide. You want to just commit suicide because that's where everything is. It's either like it's like it's guiding you, I believe, on a different path. And the path is usually to align with love more. But it's scary because it's not so much a path where your ego gets, like, stroked. It's like you're, It's like the universe doesn't give a shit about your, your ego. So it's, it's, it's a hard one. But, yeah, I think that the injury is, is a guiding tool. It's, a, it's the pain teacher showing up to go, look, wake up. Yeah, because, like, the cool thing about pain is it always brings you into the present moment. So yeah. you're not thinking about, I mean, you might think about the past when it wasn't hurting, but yeah. like, yeah, but yeah, you, you know, in the pain, you're not thinking about, you, it really motivates you, you know what I mean? So, well, it, it, it can, okay. But, um, and every, like they say, every, every wound is a womb. So you got something to learn from it and something to birth from it. And any, like the pain feature is such a good model. And I feel like when we were young and we got into this check stuff, it gave us a really good Gave us tools to get through life as with as least resistance as as possible as we could, you know. Because like if I didn't know the concept of the pain teacher, I could really drop into my victim archetype and say, "Poor me." So now I can look at it like, "Fuck, how, how did this happen?" If I hurt my knee or something, and I and like again, Matthew Walden, who's the leader of Czech Education, he he once told me, um, he goes, "If I see like someone on a football because he's in London, someone playing soccer, and they just turn." turn wrong and their ACL snaps and they'd had no big acute injury, right? And this is like a million-dollar player. And he goes, you know, ligaments are stronger than steel. They have like 1,200 kilos rated per gram of tissue mass or per centimeter squared of tissue mass. mass. So it's like, so that pain can tell me, okay, they're made of a, of, of a weaker material. Um, so they, how can we choose differently to not let that happen again? So they probably need more collagen or, or broth and things in their diet. So there's, there's something you can learn from that. That's just a, a specific thing. But even down to something like your partner cheating on you and you had a lot of signals beforehand knowing just having, having an inner voice that you ignored and now here's the pain teacher, even though that's a brutal one, but it's like how, how can I choose differently to, to not try and feel that pain again? And, yeah. and just, again, the, the pain teacher for me, especially when I was younger, was like, whoa, like, anything goes wrong how did this happen you know how how did i how can i choose differently to not let that happen again and learning from the wound whether that be mental emotional or physical yeah i think you notice when you work on your yourself inwardly 
the things like that stop happening to you. Like I don't get injuries anymore because, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'm pretty, I don't get injuries anymore really. Yeah, like, It's been like a pretty five years or something. And I don't, I'm never in pain and I'm just like, because I'm, I'm questioning that. And it's like you, the universe, you don't attract that stuff anymore. It's like you don't attract a bad partner if you've worked on your jealousy thing. You don't attract a bad partner if you've worked on your loving self because you want you have boundaries and you want to put up with that stuff. It's like when you work on yourself, you start to attract different things. You know, I had a crazy partner and then you have a really lovely quiet partner. It's like it's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. The, one of the biggest things was, was being too yang would bring me wounds. Yes. Would bring make me sick, would give me the flu. I was getting the flu like every two or three months when I was fighting because I was always – I was training like, you know, three hours a day and then – like I wouldn't, I wasn't hurting, but I was like, I wasn't putting the energy back in. And that's the model that, um, again, we got from the check is work. Like if you do a workout and make sure you do a work in. So to, this is perfect right now, actually. So to put it into perspective, you get really sharp at feeling your own body when you're thinking about that too. I'm like, how am I feeling today? Like, and if I'm feeling bad, I'll just dial it back a little bit or not feeling as high energy. So last night, um, before I went to bed, I felt a little bit like right now, everyone around here is getting the flu. And in my head, I was like, all right, I don't want to get this flu. Right? So I'm fearing this thing. And then last night, I felt a little bit achy. And I was like, oh, shit. So, so, but this, today, I woke up feeling fine, but not the highest energy as I usually would. So last night, I had some vitamin C and, and, and like a bit of a broth and some beef liver capsules. And I went to bed on time. But I made all these choices based around me dealing with that pain too many times before because I know it, right? And then I got the aura ring. Have you heard of the aura ring? Yeah. Yeah. So my heart rate, as it's like since I've owned it for about a month now, it's the the highest it's been while I slept is like 42 and uh, 43. And then this morning I woke up and it was 50 and my heart rate variability went down. So that sort of gave me a quantifiable result to how I was feeling knowing, oh yeah, sweet. I didn't just waste 450 bucks on this ring, but, (laughs) but like... It, it was in line and then that even that just motivated a bit, bit more. So now I know I'm not going to go to jiu-jitsu tonight when I feel pretty good, but I won't do it because I know I've done this mistake too many times over where if I do, tomorrow I'll probably wake up with a flu and everyone's yeah. getting sick right now. Right now talking to you, I feel fine. I know if I build energy today, today is I'm going to work in and build energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I got, I got a client, like a couple of clients later today, I'm probably going to cancel them and I'm just going to tell them, my energy is a little bit low today. I'll see you next week, you know? So I don't care about the money. I care about just, I just want to be as healthy as I possibly can and, and get to this life like that. And that's, that motivates me enough. And by being at our healthiest, we serve others in our best way, right? You've segued beautifully. What is both of your definition of self-love? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, for me, it's like everything, like um, food. So you've got to have love. For yourself with food, love for yourself with emo- emotions. You got to have love for yourself with movement, and you got to have love for yourself with happiness. So it kind of goes back to I'm always checking those things. So am I moving enough? Um, am I looking into inwardly enough, which is like my qigong, my tai chi, my quiet time? Am I eating well? Um, am I sleeping well? Am I, yeah, it's just probably the four things. Nice. Yeah, the choices that you make for yourself that you know. You, you already know that uh, you, you're meant to do for yourself, basically. Like, like yeah. I said, there's four pillars, and and almost treating yourself is a good analogy. Like, um, if some, like whatever the situation is, what 
information would you tell your son or daughter and imagining it's you? So what a really good one though, the other day, right? Jake has his meditation and we we're doing it the other day. So during the gong, you imagine your like, meditation, right? You imagine you're on just the nicest spot that whatever whatever you like, that you feel comfortable in, right? So you're also on a snowy mountain, is that right? Or, um, there's a couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah snowy mountain or in you know, a um, forest. So mine was like on this hill like rainforest with like a storm sort of coming through but i like that feeling right just like where the drip the driplets are like dropping on me there's a bit of lightning in the distance and i could i was doing this in sunshine coast sun's blazing on me right so hot (laughs) but i could almost feel the droplets and then you imagine yourself as a child and then you just stand there and just give yourself advice so when i do that and i imagine myself as a child i'm like whoa like i I just think of it as more like innocent and I just start giving myself advice of, of everything, whether that's being that, that girl that, you know, that you like, but you know, isn't like in line with your core values or, you know, make sure you like do, do your washing up before you go to bed. You, you'll like that. You know what I mean? Like just little things. It can be anything, right? Yeah. But that's, that's self-love advice to yourself. And then, you know, you come out of that, that goal the meditation, you go home and you I did those dishes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. And Caroline May said something that just like brings up there is like the only true sin is when you see the cupcake and you know you shouldn't have it, but you have it anyway. <laughs> like you see that you see that bad partner and you do it anyway. <laughs> so I think true self-love is listening to that inner voice and that inner guidance. That compass, yeah. Yeah, the compass. You both mentioned um, that inner work, that the, the gong and the meditation and that side of thing. There's a word in New Zealand that's mana. And mana means respect and the God within and the power within. Just interested in both your ideas around what we've now talked about self-love. What's the difference between self-love and self-respect? For me, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Yeah. Like in my my mind anyway, I don't have a good, good answer for it. For self-respect for me is making again, the, the choices, the, the optimal choices. So in the, in the model we use, it's optimal choice, suboptimal choice, and no choice, which is a choice, right? <laughs> and um, and just breaking down every situation as if Wayne Dyer says, like I did this other day actually, um, where you imagine the, the Dow, whatever you want to call it. He goes, just just think before you answer any question for the day, before you take any movement, just think like, what's the best possible way? I can answer this or get through this in in a in based around love yeah. to myself and the other person, and um and I'd say self respect is just making those choices that are in line with with you and your core values and also without hurting someone else at your uh, benefit. Yeah, basically. I think having having boundaries. Um, yeah, the word respect, like self respect, I think is having boundaries for yourself. I love oh, that. Those boundaries are yeah. And they can fluctuate, right? Like, as we know, as we learn more, we get better, hopefully, at doing things. Yeah, like, there's all these words for everything, and I just think that maybe it's not that complicated with words. Like, maybe we need to just be quiet and just do Tai Chi and just do Qigong because the soul wants to grow, and that's the only way to get it to grow is to quieten the mind and get up on the lifeguard tower and see everything for the way it is. Just not be so, like, always talking. And, yeah, I think that's that's real self-respect. 
And I liked what you said before, Callum, that even when you are talking and maybe the monkey brain or the chat is going on is actually then to observe that rather than get attached into why am I thinking all these things. And I I was taught by one of my meditation teachers that that's actually the mind releasing as well if you observe it. So you feel like it's going faster than it actually is um, you noticing more. Look, I could talk to you two darlings forever. Um, yeah, we'll have to have a wine soon, eh, man? <laughs> I love that. I'd love that. Yeah. But in all honesty, like if there was a, a final message to, to give to our listeners, the people that are really on a quest for self-love, like I love my listeners. They, they mm. really do want to do the inner work. They really are looking for answers. And a lot of them share these podcasts with their partners and we all get to learn from this beautiful thing we call self-love, which in my humble opinion is the foundation for all. If there was a message that you'd love to leave the listener, whether they're a first-time listener or they've been with me for a while, understanding what you guys do and all you've been through already and what's to come, what would that be? Um, okay, so again, that thing that really helped me, we always, okay, look with you look at the eyes, let your heart be your compass. Just personally for me, that changed my whole life. That one sentence changed my whole life because it gave you a little guide that you can refer to in any situation. And then with that heart being your compass, that almost lines up with, like if you had to have a goal today and well, whenever you're listening to this and you're someone listening right now and you think every situation today, if imagine if it's your child and if you don't have a child, I, can, I don't have a child, but I still have a good answer to that. Um, give like uh, deal with that situation the way you tell your child to deal with that situation, okay? And then it's hard, right? You'll do it for like 10 minutes and you'll forget and then you'll start reacting again, you know? But like you might, someone might cut you off and then I'll be like, fuck this, you know what I mean? I might, I'll get angry and I'll build it internally. But if my kid was sitting next to me, I'd be like, no, nah, it's all good, mate. Chill out. Like, you know, you don't need to beat that person today. Like you don't need to beat anyone, right? Um, so that personally was, is profound. And also that four doctor model, how we said, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Happiness, Dr. Movement. If you're listening right now, look into your life and think, where am I lacking? Am I getting – and look at it in the, in the form of two forces like yin and yang. So am I getting too much food, too little food, or is it little quality? Too much movement, too little movement. Um, too much sleep, too little sleep. And uh, happiness, movement, diet, quiet. And uh, diet, quiet. Yeah. happiness happiness sorry <laughs> and, and are you doing like things that make you happy like why well, are you not and you, you look at it like which one's lacking the most and start there okay yeah but for me personally start start with your your diet like and the with, with the diet start with your water because like you're made of it you know what i mean it, you're literally made of water so it's like if you're drinking shitty water what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You're made of it. Like. Yeah. I think like that's why me and Cullen work so well together is because that's exactly what I would say. Um, you know, that's that's exactly what I would say. I would also add in like that you're being breathed, that life's absolutely doing it for you and you can relax into that a little bit and you can just, you know, you feel like you're walking the path and to a certain degree you are, but you're actually being walked. So you just got to trust that the universe has your back and then choose something that's really like excites you and just go for it. Um, on YouTube, if you want to, if anyone wants to type in, it was really profound for me. It's Gabor Mate. He's typing on YouTube, advice yeah. to your younger self. Yeah. It's like a little four minute video. Um, I'll put I it in the notes. Yeah. I, I love that. And sort of, sort of saying the same thing, like you don't have to try so hard. It's not your fault. It's not a fault. All right. Um, 
let let life come to you. You don't have to always try and push it and rush it. And and remember, being rushed or being stressed or anxiety, there's no there's no anxiety in the world. Only anxious thoughts. There's no stress. Only stressful thoughts. So it's all in your own mind, and it's just a mindset. And I want to say, like, I was with Jake's dad and Jake in the van. And, and we're driving to the shops. And this is, I was in the back seat, right? Just, they were just having a chat. And he goes, Jake's, he's like, oh, you should maybe start putting some money aside for a, for a house or something like that. And Jake was like, oh, I don't really like the feeling of, um, I don't feel like being locked down by like a house line. And then Jake's dad goes, yeah, but it's just a mindset. And then I was like, <laughs> it's spot on, eh? It is just a mindset. If you're locked down, you're, you're telling yourself you are. Yeah. And then he gave me this, I was having an ice bath at, at our corrective culture. And I was freezing, right? And I've done a lot of them, but this one was like, I don't know, I was struggling. And I go, my body's going into shock. I said it to him and he was recording me. He goes, whatever story you're telling yourself. <laughs> and then and I started smiling and then I fully was like, yeah, you're right. And I was fine. And I took it out and I was like, I was going to stay in there all day. So it was my brain that was telling my body I was going into shock and I, I wasn't actually. So again, if you're listening right now, whatever story you're telling yourself is what your reality is. I love it. I love it. Speaking of work, the check work, he, I met the guy when I was in my 20s. Um, he came to New Zealand. I worked with the New Zealand All Black Physio and he came in and trained. It was very, when he first started. So, you know, everyone was blown away back then when I was working uh, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, back when I went home to New Zealand. So I've seen his work in check, which I think um, stands for Corrective Holistic Exercise, exercise Kinesiology, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about your work, that if people wanted to follow you, um, I know you're based here on the Sunshine Coast, but there will be a lot of people listening around the world. How can they find out more about you guys? Yeah, well, we, um, we do one-on-one. We only work one-on-one here on the Sunshine Coast. But if you are around the world, we are creating an online platform now where we can kind of help people um, where they send us a photo of themselves and we can help them as best we can individually um, through this um, stuff we've filmed. So we've filmed all the exercises, all the stretches, and we can create custom programs for them. So we just, it's probably a couple of weeks off yet, but um, we'll, we will be able to help you. But I think the best thing would be look at, look for a local check practitioner in your area that can do the assessment or, um, you know, that's, that's what I would recommend for sure. Yeah, so what we actually do for people listening, like, Someone will come in. Again, I'm looking at the whole time the, the, for the four-doctor model. I'm also looking at, like, what archetype this person's playing to me, whether they're a child, victim. You know, I had, I, had, oh, I've that, but I had someone send me someone recently and the person didn't even know what I did and their, their partner was, was a doctor that sent me their, their, their other partner and I could see this person was really in their child and that their partner was their, their father and that... You know, it was like, yeah, you know, it was all in the posture. Everything was in the posture. She was like, yeah, and her life was in the posture. So I was like, I'm always looking at that. Then I'm looking at, okay, to get the food, the water, the collagen, the basics on point around nutrition. Because if they're eating like vegetable oil every night and they got an L5S1 disbulge, it's going to always hurt. It's like if you get on the piss, the next day your back's going to hurt, no matter what stretch or exercise I give you. So I give them coaching about that and sort of, again, a lot of people – like pretty well most of my clients are like disbulged L5S1, like um, knee pain, things like that, right? So they're coming to see me and Jake for to get out of pain from an injury, but you tell them what they 
what they want, but give them what they need. So, you know, I'm still changing the nutrition. I'm still going to dabble into their, their psychology and I'm not going to tell them I'm, I'm looking into the chakras. I'm not going to tell them about like, I'm sort of like almost wording it to them about like if they've got issues with a father or things like that in a, in a way that's not so intrusive depending on the person. And then, um, and then we do a length tension assessment, a very thorough one. We measure your lumbar curve, your thoracic curve, your pelvic tilts. And to be honest, no one else is really doing it. And it blows me away now that I'm in the industry and I'm so shocked at like the level that it's at from the general, like, you know, when I, I've had people that have done physio for years and chiro for years and put their health in someone else's hands. And then they, they're given a pretty poor thing because they're always looking at the side of injury. Like if someone comes and see me for an ankle injury, I'm barely going to look at the ankle. You know I mean? It's never going to be the ankle. So a knee injury, like if you can't rotate up above, your knees just cop it basically. So it's like all these things and I'm mainly looking at the spine and their digestive system health because, okay, if you've got L5S1 disc bulge, that's linked to the colon. If your colon's inflamed, you're in the multifidus, which is the muscle that stabilizes them at the back, they turn off. So I'll put you on a parasite fungal cleanse. And it's amazing how many people do, do have parasites, how many people do drop tapeworms, like a lot. More than, uh, yeah, when I got in the industry, I was like, whoa, like a lot of people are dropping them. Mm, it's yeah. just common sense, hey? Like, yeah, and it is very holistic what we do. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain in, in we'd need a little bit of time to go over everything. But, yeah, he nailed it pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So correctiveposture.com? Um, correctiveculture.com, yeah. Corrective. Yeah. Corrective. Name, Corrective posture. <laughs> culture. <laughs> I like the culture too, though, dot .com. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Correctiveculture.com. I was... So in line with your posture, I've been sitting here very, very <laughs> and, upright. And Instagram. A lot of our stuff's on Instagram, corrective culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that just the, the one word, corrective culture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, Favourite quote to finish on? Ooh, love this one. Well, you go first. I think I've got others okay. on this morning. Um, I, well, I'll quickly double into that. Remember that first one because it was huge, right? Um, look with your eyes, but be happy your compass. But also for me, a motivator. And it's a bit fear-based, but I don't. I still, still sort of like it. Is sooner or later your health will be your number one concern. For me, that was like, oh, that was nice. Like knowing, and it's like if you if you have a blocked nose, and someone told you you're going to have a blocked nose for the rest of your life, you would give up everything you own to not have that blocked nose. Or if you stub your toe, you know, again, you you only care about that toe. Nothing else matters. So your back pain, people will like will give up anything. So do it now before it gets bad. And it's like I love it when people come in and see me for prehab where they're not in any pain, but I can find out what's going on with their body, fix it before it does become something, can fix their movement patterns, which is the big thing that we base around is fixing everyone's movement patterns, the lunge, the bend, the squat, all the movements that are a combination of every, you know, if I throw a ball, there's a, there's a lunge, a twist and a push. So we correct all those things and then get an awareness with your body. Um, but, yeah, sooner or later your health will be your number one concern. So do it before... You know, it's a it's something bad or big where you gotta where it forces you to basically. And I want to just um do an Arnold Payton one, which I always read. I always love these. So if you're looking for this, this is ArnoldPayton.com, and it's his Universal Principles. I often go over these whenever I'm confused or stuck in life. But this one comes to mind. And I'm just going to read it. So it's everything we see and feel is a reflection of the state of our own consciousness. Every person we attract into our lives is showing up showing us a perception we hold about ourselves. Every feeling expressed by another mirrors a deep feeling within us. This reflection is a gift for it allows us to be aware of the beliefs we hold and the ways we have blocked 
the free flow of divine love through us. Covered in, covered in goosebumps. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah. Guys, you're phenomenal young men. It's a privilege to have you on, on my show. I admire you wholeheartedly. I remember, Jake, you liked one of my posts or something. You put a comment and my son texted me and went, Jake Stone just, just liked one of your posts. And I went, yeah, yeah, I had dinner with him the other night. And he goes, what? He's, you know, so it was kind of cool. So to think funny, that. Eh? It's just so, I don't even think about my past anymore, the body work and stuff. Well, it's just so cool for me to think that I was hanging out with someone. Else. <laughs> I was thinking that about you. I was with you in Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I actually bought some of your lemon essential oils recently because I'm doing that gallbladder flush from uh, Helen. <sighs> Oh, Helen. Oh, see, all our Helen Patterns, she's coming on the show soon. So Yeah, yeah, she's an angel. Oh, there's some beautiful people in this network, and I really admire you guys. I consider you incredibly clever, thought-provoking, um, heart-opening, and beautiful soul-enhancing uh, humans. So thank you. Thank you for the work you do. Thank you for what you've been through and for taking a real step of courage into your own bravery around what you've been through and what's to come. And I really, really have to say to you, sad as it is that it's not very common, but I pray that the work that you guys do really does open the hearts, minds and souls of our young men, but also our younger women. And I hope the older ones, those of us listening, can Mm -hmm. learn a lot from you guys too. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.